This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 7, Episode 12, Commerce and Conflict. And to start it off with a couple announcements, uh, as we have passed the midpoint of Series 7, it is time for us to talk just a brief moment about Series 8. For the system of Series 8, we have decided that we are going to be playing the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG. We're super excited to play it. We've already started playtesting it a little bit. The system's super cool, and I mean, it's Star Wars, so that's super exciting. I will be running it as the GM, and the cast consists of Addy Gia. Hey! The triumphant return of Nick Gajeri, who has been playing Captain Kirill during Series 7, as well as the return of Bree Shukart from Series 5. She played Nim. And then we're welcoming back Daniel Barron, who played Steve in Series 3, Zeke in Series 4, and Bumbles in Series 2 and 5. <laughs> we'll have a little bit more information uh, about that closer to the end of Series 7, but we wanted to let you guys know what was on the horizon so you could start getting a little excited and maybe go look into the system a little bit. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool one. There's three different books for it. There's Force and Destiny, Age of Rebellion, and Edge of the Empire. All of them use the same system, have different class options, and we're using all three books for this series. Go big or go home, am I right? <laughs> and our second announcement is that we have a Patreon. Um, if you love the content that we bring you every week and you want to support us and make sure that the podcast keeps going, uh, go to patreon.com slash essential NPCs and donate uh, a couple of bucks every month. Uh, it helps us out a lot, especially when we need new equipment uh, to bring you better sound quality or uh, travel and recording expenses. Uh, this is a great way to make sure that that we can continue to bring you the entertainment uh, that we hope you love. And by becoming a patron, you get access to some pretty cool stuff, uh, ranging from access to bonus content all the way to getting to play in one-shot sessions with the cast. But that's it for announcements, and let's move on into Words with the GM. Hi. Hello, GM. Hi. This Words with the GM Hi. is about Series 7, Episode 11, The Emerald Heart. An incredibly fun session to play through. Uh, it felt like it had like a nice, healthy helping of like intrigue and and like romance and drama. <laughs> uh, it, it felt very Seventh Sea, um, even though the stakes weren't super high because we were just hanging out at a party and like you know making some contacts. But there was something I wanted to ask you about uh, episode eleven. And that was, it seemed like that scene was tailor-made to be a dramatic sequence, um, which we've talked about before. It's, you know, you have action sequences and dramatic sequences in 7C. They're structured time with, you know, approaches and 
consequences and etc. Um, but instead of m- dropping into a dramatic sequence for that scene, you uh, kind of played it more straight as like a standard RPG. Just you know, this is a role play moment. You know, role play it out. Maybe we'll throw a couple dice on like individual risks, but uh, no need to have like large sweeping approaches and consequences. And I was wondering uh, uh, how, when you're running Seven C, you make that distinction between choosing to go with a dramatic sequence versus choosing to uh, just have the players role play scenes. One of the things about 7C uh, is that the scenes where you roll dice and and say approaches um, need to have risks and not just risks like I might fail, but risks like if I fail, the consequences are pretty big or far reaching or uh, the undercurrent might move against us. And for this party scene, it didn't really feel like there was um, anything that I was going to set up that was very risky. If you guys had started doing something risky, like exploring the forbidden parts of the castle, that would have been something that probably would have procced a dramatic sequence. But instead, um, I decided that the the stopping of play when the flow was going so well wasn't really going to add a whole lot to it uh, for our purposes. But I could have. I absolutely could have at the beginning of the scene. Hi, what are your approaches? Let's go. Which actually brings me to a point that is you could, as a GM, uh, depending on your play style, run 7C as if it is just a series of dramatic scenes until some action happens and roll right into an action scene. Uh, And that is something that I didn't do for uh, the podcast because it doesn't necessarily for our purposes, add to the entertainment value. It's uh, a lot of really interesting work and it makes the stakes a lot higher and the rewards a lot higher and the failures a lot more dire as well. Basically, with with a dramatic scene, while walking up to your ex and talking to them is a risk, it's not risky. It doesn't have consequences unless like you offend her and she's going to stab you um, or something like very high high risk high reward like i said earlier um and the other thing about dramatic scenes is that they are risky for everyone um and in this session i think the only person who had any real risk involved was bastian yeah i could see how running uh 7c just dramatic sequence into dramatic sequence into action sequence could be really exciting but like would require the stakes to continuously be like high every time which is a bit too fast-paced for the for the podcast yeah uh and the other thing is is that it it's a really interesting way of running things i ran a couple sessions that way uh and it's very structured and so uh players who like that sort of like crunch to their role-playing games uh that's the version of 7c that i think that they're gonna love so then my only other question for you is what was your favorite part for the emerald heart Oh, I don't know. Um, Probably (laughs) something having to do with Isabel. I love her so much. Uh, Yeah, uh, Isabel is uh, 
a character that you came up with uh, in your backstory. And as soon as I read about her, I was like, oh, yeah, she's uh mm -hmm, (laughs) picking that one up right now. Uh, And then I just was like, we got to get to Odysseus so I can introduce Isabel because she's great. Um, And uh, and uh, I got to and she was as good as I thought she would be. So uh, my favorite part was Isabel uh, and her and her sort of grand entrance. Yeah. As it became clear that we were going to be going to the festival of swords i thought of past duelists who uh bastion had either good history with or bad history with uh and top of the list first one the one i was most excited about was isabel McAllister. and not only was i excited to to see you tap into that part of bastion's backstory but also you nailed it it was a ton of fun that that (laughs) scene went like exactly how i wanted bastion and isabel's first like encounter on the podcast to go and uh it was a ton of fun for me too. So um, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed the the character I wrote up in my backstory. Uh, yeah, I love it when people do that, especially if they're characters that I feel like I can grow on without infringing on their like original conception. But what was your favorite part? Good brands, mom has got it going on. Oh, no. <laughs> when when Kirill went up and and was like, she's an impressive woman. I want to dance with her. And then Cooper was like, I guess I just step back and watch Kirill flirt with my mom. That was awesome because there's been this kind of underlying joke that there's a weird thing between Bastion and Good Brand's mom which really there there isn't but like also Bastion's not blind she is a strong beautiful woman uh who is impressive in many ways uh and I love that like that joke led to like the first time Kirill like actually met her him being like I need to dance with that woman (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's another character that the cast came up with that um you know really turned into something pretty great uh she is she's one of my favorites even if I have trouble actually voicing her (laughs) because of the the Scandinavian accent oh man I sound like the Swedish chef when I try to do the like (laughs) uh the like Scandinavian accent and and so I I am just like oh yeah she says this she tells you these things yeah. <laughs> in her voice, I promise. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. You do knock it out of the park with the accents, though. You, ju- you jump from accent to accent really well. Oh, you're making me blush. <laughs> but I'm sure we have a lot more accents in store for us moving forward uh, as we continue our way through the Festival of Swords. So let's move on in and listen to Series 7, Episode 12, Commerce and Conflict. Enjoy! I am Bastion Corazon. I hail from the Castilian city of Odysseus, home of the duelist tournament known as the Festival of Swords. Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldas Klisa style. However, earning entry to the duelist guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother, Goodbrand Strandvella, on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. One day I hope to truly master the way of the sword, unlock his secrets, and eventually settle down and found a duelist academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best. Crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me. 
good friend Strandavella, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavanyar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Thea, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastian. Today I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country, on a path that may lead me to the fabled Thirteenth Rune, and with it, the immortality of my name. Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Maybe strongest. Who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now, I am captain of the iceberg. She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sail in dangerous waters others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, not Kirill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding Stowe, uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses. <laughs> Matteo di Caligari, at your service. You may have heard of me. Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Odachi, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorer's Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. At 13, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness and sent me to University and Lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirna. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Minavinyar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the duelist Bastian, the Vala Skald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever. When we last left our heroes, they had just returned from a night out on the town at the opening ceremony and celebratory dance for the Festival of Swords in Odysseus. At the dance, they made a few new friends in Caroline Nisois and Jimena Perez uh, and uh, reconnected with a few old friends, uh, including Bastian's 
old flame, Isabel McAllister. The night, though overtly uneventful, had more than a few fruits of the hero's labor come to fruition. Uh, They learned quite a bit and um, had some fun experiences along the way. Upon their return uh, to Bastion's familial home, uh, Mateo was accosted by a hooded stranger and given a message for Bastion. While Gutbrand uh, spent some time consulting uh, his bones. It's uh, now early in the morning on the second day of the festival, which is primarily uh, shopping and a little bit more posturing between the duelists. And uh, you guys are all set for the day. Kirill, you have prepared your ship's cargo for sale or trade at this point uh, and arranged with the harbor master for its removal from your decks and um, carriage to the sail place once they are informed of the destination for the cargo. Gutbrand, Mateo, and Bastian, you've uh, had a great breakfast and uh, are ready to set out for the day. What do you do? I uh, I wait for uh, Goodbrand to head out first, and I and I hold Matteo back for a second huh? uh, to satiate his curiosity. I mentioned to him uh, Goodbrand was doing his scald magic. He will give us uh, he will give us his readings uh, when the time is right. Yes, but why is the time not right? <laughs> you do not question Avala's scald. You listen. <laughs> And I guide him <laughs> out <laughs> of my familial home uh, As like, a, sta- like a petulant child. <laughs> I stare straight ahead. Okay. I'm not here. I am not questioning. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to make my way towards the market. Uh, Mateo, to get your mind off of uh, your pending fate, um, I actually could use your services. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, you are more skilled at, uh, uh, at finding... Uh, Ah, you want me to find an Eisener who is reputable enough to work with such a fine material, but disreputable enough to not tell the authorities. Yes, I do not want to be looking over my shoulder for the Kreutzwitter. I know they like to regulate Draken Eisen uh, quite a bit. Well, I believe in free trade. You've come to the right place. <laughs> uh, and with him suitably distracted, uh, <laughs> we walk into the marketplace together. I will follow your lead. I imagine that as a as a Vodachi, I have some measure of uh, knowledge as to how to find the right kind of vendor for our purposes. Someone discreet, talented. Yeah, Mateo, go ahead and roll panache and theft. I have two raises. Uh, okay, so you wander the streets for a little while. Looking, looking for a, a swordsmith who is an Eisener and also doesn't wear or have the insignia somewhere of the De Kreutzritter. Um You sort of vet a couple people, uh, but you have yet to... It takes you the better part of the morning to actually find a stall that you think is is the right one. Uh, but but there it is. It's a It's a... Heavy leather stall with a forge actually in set up in the center, uh, and uh, and there's a, a man uh, s- standing, sort of selling uh, very fine swords um, in the stall. Good morning. 
Guten Morgen. <laughs> yes, that. We have a proposition for you. Your swords, they are very fine. Uh, where is your material from? Yeah, Eisen. Ah, of course. I've heard that uh, Eisen has the finest steel. Uh, he nods again. Yeah, I, Eisen. And he gestures <laughs> to the swords. <laughs> I, I do not believe you understand, uh, Thayan. I believe you. Please let me work. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I hope work. you will not be insulted uh, if we uh, ask you to make a weapon out of something of our own. And I drop the pouch of Drachenizen discreetly on his uh, counter. He he sort of looks at it, and then he looks at the wall of swords, and then he looks back at you, and uh, sword. You, sword, make... Oh, I open the, the, the pouch. This, you make sword. Yes. Uh, and he sort of, like, closes the... Like, shakes his head. Nine. Gilder. Sword. So, sword. Did we bring the purse? Um, well, part of the problem is I assume the sword is... Er, it, the sword would be very expensive. Ah, yes. My thought was he could either sell it to the cruise with her if I do not win the Festival of Swords. And if I do win the Festival of Swords, I will have enough money to pay for this product. I don't know if I can make him that complex an offer in his own language. <laughs> you do not speak Eisen? I speak many languages. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. Good brand. <laughs> good, good brand. Yes, hello. Good brand is here. <laughs> You'd speak Eisen, right? I've seen you talk to Eisen merchants before. Uh, yes, uh, Eisen is a pretty simple language, doesn't Matteo speak Eisen? <laughs> I speak many languages. He does speak many languages. Would you like to translate Eisen, Eisen for him? Eisen is a predecessor of old Thane. I would, ex I would expect you learned that first in your study of languages. <laughs> first? No, you learned the dead ones first and then work <laughs> forward. <laughs> I suppose I have not gone to uh, the same schools as you have, but that's uh, an interest. Uh, anyway, all right, Matteo, please. Uh, what what are you asking this gentleman? Uh, Bastian, perhaps you uh, tell him the offer you wish to make. Matteo seems to believe this man could could make us a Drakenizen a Drakenizen sword. I say it quietly so that no one else can hear. Uh, uh, obviously, we do not. We probably do not have the money for this. Sure. So the idea, the, my offer was going to be that he could make the, make the sword and sell it to the Kreutzwitter for a fortune uh, if I do not win the Festival of Swords. If I win the Festival of Swords, I can pay him a fortune myself. <laughs> I assume the, uh, uh, the store owners just like kind of watching us talk like, uh-huh, uh, I'm still here? Uh, sort of. He, he like realize like he can realize that you guys are like having a private conversation sure. and so he like took a step back like and like polished something <laughs> or something okay okay i think i understand what you're trying to do here okay all right so um cute friends pulls up to the counter and says um hi in eisen mm -hmm. i'm really sorry about my friends i'm here to uh negotiate um my name is uh good strandvella what's your name eberhard schneider Eberhard, so nice to meet you. Um, so what my offer what my offer is here, this is um a very special material, and he and Gutbrand opens up the bag. Um perhaps you would recognize it. It looks like iron. 
Sure, hold on. I, your hand. I won't take payment in iron. No, this isn't. Sorry, I understand the confusion here. This isn't for payment. This is a. Uh, this is for a material. This is a material for your craft. And he takes a. He takes a pellet of the, um, draconison and drops it into his palm. This is um. His his eye as soon as as soon as it like hits his palm, his eyes go wide. <laughs> um, the the bag is like or the pellet is like significantly lighter than it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as he like rolls it around in his hand, he goes, where did you get this? Where we got this is maybe not the most important thing, but here's our offer. I understand that this is a very sensitive um, material, of course. If you are amenable, perhaps, to being discreet, we'd like a weapon made from this. A sword, if you can. I'm th- not the swordsmith my daughter is, but she can make a sword out of anything. And you can negotiate on her behalf? Well, yes, she's my Sure, yeah. No, you know. Partners. <laughs> <laughs> Equal partners 50/50. Oh, this is a this is a good little establishment. That's uh, I love family businesses. I'm part of one myself, you see. My uh my mother's Gersimi Stromby, maybe you've heard of her. Uh he like tries to search the back of his like in the back of his mind where he might have heard that name before. It rings a bell. It's it's not. I'm, I'm not a name-dropping type. All I'm saying is, <laughs> if we can get a sword of this material, we can't pay you now. But a weapon of this sort would be of great value to uh, a, a specific subset of people. Uh, I think you know who I'm talking about in implicating the Kreutz Ritter. Yeah. It'd be very valuable to them. So if if my friend here, my friend's a very talented duelist, he plans to win the Festival of Swords, which I know is a lofty goal, but I think he can do it. But if he can do it, you can sell it to the Kreutzritter for, for a pretty penny. But if he wins the victor's purse, he can easily pay for a weapon of this to be made, yes? Yes. So either way you win. What we're offering is make the sword... Keep the sword if we can't pay for it. Sell it on your own cost. But if he wins, he can he can pay for it. He's good for it. How do you think it's going? I say to Matteo. Oh, it's very well, very well. I can. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at Bastian and then Matteo. I smile. I see Matteo smile and I go, oh, oh and I smile. <laughs> uh, he smiles back. Uh, and then he looks to Gudbrand and says, yes, I will take your deal. It will cause me to close my shop so no one can see what Hannah is working on. Secrecy is of the utmost. Um, so what is what is your price? Hannah would never skimp. She would never do that. But if there's any left over, we get to keep it. Gudbrand turns to Matteo and Bastian. He's like, pardon me, just one moment. So his offer here, um, he will make the weapon, but he must close down the shop. So if there is any of the Draconizen left after the weapon is made, um, he and his daughter get to keep it. What do you think? I look to Matteo. Draconizen is frankly priceless, but... I do not know if you have any desire to uh, continue, if you have any use for it beyond making a sword for it. I mean, it I, almost seems more dangerous to have than to have for study, whatever we would use it for. And 
perhaps it will make its way back into the right hands with uh, Eberhard, what, Eberhard and Hannah. And uh, Matteo, you do know that um, there is a an outstanding reward for any Draconizen uh, returned to Decrutzorder. So you can you can make the mental leap that he's probably angling for the like the reward. I think it is the right thing to do. This is all fine to me. If I get this sword, I am a happy man. And if you lose, e- either way, the right hand will grab that blade. Herr Schneider, Eberhard, <laughs> that's a pretty good deal. Uh, I have to say, you're 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 uh, quite the businessman. Um, I will even go so far as to say. Even if uh, my friend here loses, you can keep the sword and the material. I accept. Can we get something a little more concrete than a handshake? A receipt. A non-specific receipt. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walks over to the wall. Uh, this is the finest blade I have. Hold on to it. I thank you. And I uh, admire the sword and... Uh, I hand it to Bastian and I say, take good care of this. I feel the weight of the sword. I swing it around. Is this for me to to keep? It is for you. <laughs> this is what we call in uh, in business credit. He, You are holding on to this while he makes the sword and we give it back once he has made the sword. It's collateral. Co- collateral. Uh, uh, Eisner's... They don't, they, it's obvious that they don't get it in writing. They get it in steel. I will take excellent care of it, I say to the, <laughs> to the shopkeep. He said he's going to take excellent care of it. Sword. <laughs> <laughs> he said thank you. Um, Eberhard, thank you so much. Uh, I, it's a, quite a pleasure doing business with you. If uh, if anybody I come across needs uh, a smithy of any sort, I promise I, I, I'll i tell them about your shop. Just <laughs> not today. <laughs> of course. Uh, Dankeschön. Bitte. And I doff my hood. <laughs> uh, and he shakes all of your hands uh, and uh, meeting your eyes as he does. Um, like a nice firm handshake, uh, and then, then you guys uh, peace out. Yeah, uh, Mateo, you should hold on to this sword. I is uh, far too good a blade <laughs> for me to for me to hold on to. I may be tempted to use it. Ah, uh, uh, I I kind of like hold it awkwardly, and I. I, I just figure you on, say. I just figure it is it is more likely to not be used on your belt than it is on mine. You, you really uh, you, you really turned that one around. I thought that was... It was a nice gesture until you said that. <laughs> I belted it on next to my dress sword. I turned the goop around. What did I say? And I gave him a compliment. He is a man who is, is smarter. He talks his way out of problems. He does not fight his way out of problems. He takes it personally. Vodachis tend to take everything personally, so don't you take that personally, okay, Bastian? Fair enough. The sword is safe with him. Certainly. Uh, speaking of... Uh, Bastian, in your uh, in your travels, if you happen to come across someone of this crest, and I I hand him like a, a parchment that has on it doodled the the crest um, that I saw on the Ashur banner, uh, much in the style that I've often seen my mother draw it. Um, 
uh, or, or a man by the name of Shamash Bell, please do let me know. I, I look at it and I look at Gulbrand and I, I kind of lean into Matteo and I go, I, is this a secret that this is your father? Is this your father? Well, it's no secret, but I do not know what to expect if, when I meet him. So be on your guard, I suppose. I am always on my guard at the festival of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I study the, the parchment. What was the name again? Uh, Shamash Bell. And uh, uh, I hand it to Goodbrand to look after. It is uh, his, his father. Oh, uh, uh, a strong name. And auspicious too, even in Vodachi. But unfortunately, auspicious names are not enough to stave off banishment. It is a shame. Um, I will hold on to this. I, I, I put it into my cloak, into a secret pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go find Capitan Kiro. Make sure he's not getting into too much trouble. <coughs> this price, frankly, is insulting. This is Numa's finest lizard, personal pet of the warlord Galatus. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, the pirate Galatus, I get it. That's right, yeah. There's totally a pirate king, you said? He is a warlord. He owns island uh, <laughs> <laughs> i own an island too it's right here it's uh, under me foot you see so uh do you want the wealth or do you not <laughs> you are pulling my leg i want the wealth though yes take lizard fine do with what you want but no you are getting the better end of this deal hey that's like um me me goal so <laughs> i'm pretty happy about it <laughs> Ugh, evil audience. What, what else have you got? Well, these wolves I've been carrying around are not just for show. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, are they uh, trained? Yeah, yes, let's say yes. <laughs> what, what do they do? Uh, if you let them off leash uh, when you are back and not around many people, uh, they do excellent tricks. They sit and they lie down and they do not attack nearest person. <laughs> All right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm sure I can find a purchaser of that. Yes, Great attack dogs. Very popular. Right. Uh, just they get a little frightened around like busy streets. You want to do this in private, I think. All right. So, uh... That's included in the wealth for the, the lizard, yeah? No, these are two of the warlord Galatus' finest wolves. Oh, not this pirate thing again. One additional I, wealth, perhaps I let All right. That's, uh, that's a deal for me if it's a deal for you. Pleasure to do business. Right. Have fun with the wolves. I will. You leaving? This is my store. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the gold? The wealth? Yeah. Oh. Right, stay there. I'm yeah. watching you. Try to pull one over on the Try to pull one over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he hands you uh, two uh, bags of gilders. Cool. Are you going to try and sell any of the other pirate stuff? Uh, much of the merchandise I left to uh, members of the crew, uh, the purser especially, off to, uh, to sell on behalf. Okay. Um, after the, uh, the, the day of, of selling, uh, your ship is going to have, uh, including the two wealth you got for the exotic animals, your ship is going to have four wealth. 
I, uh, I throw a few coins into the ocean uh, to appease it and uh, return to market looking for companions. Uh, you easily find each other because you've got two of the tallest people in Odysseus just hanging out. <laughs> oh, good friend. Is that you across the square? <laughs> ah, Captain Kirill, where have you been? Oh, you know, business. <laughs> uh, you may want to avoid that street a few over. I hear there are wild wolves about. <laughs> I'm sure you had nothing to do with that. Uh, we did happen to find a smithy for the sword. Oh, excellent. You're Drekneisen. Yes. And you want to say that more quietly, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps that would be a smart idea. Only good prime can hear me up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, for the rest of the day, you guys wander about shopping and... Yeah, I will window shop <laughs> for a little while. Uh, try some of the food. Um, good friend does the same. He, uh, his bow, uh, in specific is more, uh, attuned for hunting than it is for battle. So, um, he happens into a shop looking for, uh, perhaps a better bow, perhaps, uh, ammunition that would more befit, uh, his new role as archer, I suppose. Um, and, uh, he is more perusing. Perhaps more than he should. It does not seem as though he's going to buy anything. And this uh, maybe annoys a, a shopkeeper or two. And uh, perhaps one of them is more rude to them than uh, they should be. So just just for the heck of it, there is a, a very good-looking set of uh, arrows. There are only three arrows, but they're very high quality. And... Um, just as the shopkeeper uh, uh, turns to greet a, another customer, he snags it and very quickly tries to put it under his cloak. Uh, but the the tips of the arrows catch uh, on his cloak, and it's very obvious that he's like trying to stuff them, uh, st- trying to unhook them and stuff them underneath his cloak. And the shopkeeper catches him as uh, as he turns back. What is this you are doing? But what? Nothing. I, uh, I was just looking at these arrows and putting them back. I, I just taking a look. You were stealing from me. So stealing? No. Uh, does, does Nobody this look... steals from Usore. Does this, does this look like a, like a device of a, of, a, of a robber? And he takes off his hood and it's, you know, painted black <laughs> from underneath the eyes all the way to the back of his head. And he's smiling as, uh, as charmingly as he can. Da. <laughs> well, it's not. Uh, it's not. You know, Stealing is illegal, yes? I have heard this, yes. Punishment in Usura for stealing his hand. (laughs) Well, then I suppose it is a good thing we are not in Usura. He grabs your, like, arm and is, like, takes out a knife. I wasn't doing anything. What what is going on here? Good friend, what? Uh, I step in in between this presumably large Usurin <laughs> and, uh, and, and good brand. I, I go, please, please, sir, sir. Uh, and I will uh, use disarming smile, mm-hmm. uh, my advantage, uh, to make him uh, less willing to resort to violence. <laughs> and uh, I, will, I will step in the way. There must be some kind of misunderstanding. Uh, uh, this man here uh, is a good man, I assure you. Uh, what is your name, friend? Yuri. Yuri. Yes, uh, are you local? You in uh, in yes, town? Yes, I am local. <laughs> <laughs> you could have you could have transplanted. People come in and out of Odyssey all the time. There's people from all over the world here. It's a melting pot of sorts. Is but you are here for okay, the festival. Okay, I'm a, I am a little on edge. 
I just have thief. Uh, no, no, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he is. Uh, uh, please, and I try to to let him let go of of Good Brand's wrist uh, gently. I don't like sh- pull or anything. Mm-hmm. I just try to calm him and put his hands at his sides. Sure, sure. And I go, I go. My 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 brother here. He is a he is a clumsy man, and I'm sure I see the holes, <laughs> the arrow that's hanging out of one. <laughs> I pull it out and I set it back on the shelf, and I go. He's. He, I'm sure he just caught his cloak, and you are. It is all just one big misunderstanding. I promise, I am constantly tripping over myself. Look at my giant feet. <laughs> you are funny looking. I cannot. I argue. say misunderstanding that you are still in my shop. I I do believe that is true. A good brand to the street. Yes, I, I thank you very much for the hand. Get out. <laughs> During this whole altercation, Kirill pocketed arrows on other side of shop. <laughs> sure. Uh, I get the good brand out into the street and I go, and what the hell was that? He was very rude to me. I was just looking at his products. If you want these, you'll just ask. I give some to Gubra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this... You clever, clever Asurin. And you I make this direction so easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I give uh, Kirill a kind of high five. Why would you take this man's product without paying for it? Good brand. This is, this is all like you. I, I don't like when people are rude to me. I don't really know what to do about it. Well, it certainly isn't steal from a shopkeep. Well, I didn't steal anything, did I? He's fine. In Asura, stealing is legal. <laughs> Mateo, is that true? It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I've only gone to Asura once or twice, and I never attempted to steal. It's because appa- you should not do that. Apparently, they try and cut off your hand. Oh, no, that's just him. That's, <laughs> there's nothing about hands. That's something he wanted to do to you. <laughs> he, has a thing, he has a thing for hands, I think. Consider it a lesson learned. Yes, clearly, this is a very well-learned lesson, I say, observing the arrows that are currently in my hand, despite the mistake I made. <laughs> the lesson is, when you are as tall as us, be the distraction. Not the thief. <laughs> uh, anything else throughout the day? Uh, I will be trying to run into Caroline if I can at all. She's probably out and about. It's the biggest shopping day of the year. <laughs> Find some artisans, pick up some nice jewelry, jewelry something for her, something for my mother. <laughs> uh, so you're out and about looking for something for your mother uh, when you see a tidy... Uh, blonde uh, plate uh, and then also a just a wild shock of red hair <laughs> um, not too uh, far behind. Ah, ruby and gold. What a pleasant sight on such a day. Is anybody with you? Or? No, it's just me. No? no, I mean, we're all relatively in the market, but I did not go looking for jewelry. So I'm sure. looking at swords. <laughs> More swords? I mean, I, just, uh, I like looking at swords. <laughs> I want Bastion to show me a sword. I may get one, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I will uh, try to find a sword that fits him. Do you want a rapier or do you want a claymore? I want the largest sword they have. All right, we can find you a large sword. <laughs> Um, Mateo, I uh, did not expect to see you so soon. Uh, nor are you, Caroline. I was just here in the market, and I saw this rich jewel that reminded me of you. And I hold up a, a necklace to her. <laughs> oh, this is a great a gift. I couldn't possibly, I could not accept. A- oh, but uh, you must. I insist. 
uh, and uh, Isabel chimes up from the back. You gotta take it. <laughs> if you don't, he'll never leave you alone. <laughs> uh, ah, she knows me too well. <laughs> aye. <laughs> uh, well, uh, merci, merci beaucoup. Uh, what uh, what brings you here to the this part of the market? Oh, I was shopping for my mother, of course. Your mother? That is so so sweet. Ah, uh, yes. Um, she is, of course, she is the reason I am here, of course, in, in Odyssea, not, you know, well, also on Thea in the world. Never mind. Um, but uh, I, I, I sometimes feel I do not appreciate my mother enough. Our parents, they can sometimes slip from our cares. It is unfortunate when it happens. I uh, can understand that. Sometimes the love between a parent and child waxes and wanes. It has been just me and my father for a very long time. Yes, it was, in fact, it was going so far away from my mother that made me realize how uh, I took her for granted. But a child must leave home sometimes. Uh, her face falls a little bit at that. Uh, and then she kind of snaps out of it because she's not mopey. Um mm-hmm. But um, you are having a good good uh, day at the market. It is very exciting to see everyone in their garb and all of the things from all over the world. We have been out all day and it has been so very nice to kind of put away the, the books and the... Uh, the pens for a day and and just have fun. Yes, even I have gotten into the spirit and I uh, indicate my duelist scarf and now two swords <laughs> at my belt. <laughs> ah, I see you're compensating for something. Hmm. Bright sword like that. Did you steal it or did you earn it? A little of both. Aye. But, but uh, Isabel, I, uh, there is no need for such hostility. I think you should trust me more. I mean... Nobody any harm. I consider Caroline's heart a, an emerald, and I would not wish to break it. You can trust me. Well, for all your fancy language, you're still just going after a girl's heart who maybe doesn't want to give it to you. Then perhaps not. I will have to make sure her heart ends up in the right place. Well, I'll leave you to be, but I'm watching. Do, by all means. And uh, don't think about getting that sword out in public. Of course not. And uh, Caroline is kind of looking between the two of you <laughs> and, and is sort of, and uh, I, I'm sorry. She's usually very, very kind. That is out of character for her. Uh, she is just protecting you. She is doing her job very well. So tell me, have you heard from Amboise? It has been a day. <laughs> I, I, I hardly sent out the letters this morning. Ah, well. It is, it is good to hear you are in contact with him. I have not seen him so long. Old school friends. A little class reunion. Uh, well, hopefully we hear from him soon. Uh, I am sure he would like to hear from you uh, and see you again, of course. That would... He has not come back in uh, some time, but perhaps uh, hearing you are here and and perhaps wanting to see me again, then he will uh, arrive. If he uh, if he has any sense at all, he will arrive with the swiftness of the wind, 
Not for me. She she laughs sweetly, uh, and and uh, says, "I am uh, I am a bit parched. Would you care to join me for a drink?" I would be delighted. We spend the day mooning. <laughs> I think at some point when I'm wandering the market, I see Matteo with Caroline and Isabel nearby. I do not confront him, but I make a note <laughs> to scold him later. <laughs> <laughs> So you pass the day. I have nothing else to attend to today, and I need to rest up before tomorrow. Uh, and to end the day, I think uh, uh, if Carol is interested, uh, Gudbrand would uh, like to continue the tradition of um, going to a restaurant of some sort and engaging in the fare of the local people. A local cuisine, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, perhaps uh, the equivalent of the tiny cup of coffee in Numa. <laughs> um, so they don't have tiny cups of coffee. They're willing to give you very small cups of coffee, <laughs> of regular coffee. It's just not the same. <laughs> you go out to get it. Um, but uh, while you're trying to get uh, tiny coffees, you also accidentally order a giant pan full of rice and seafood uh but the rice is like weirdly yellow um this may have gone bad (laughs) and and the the like seafood is mostly like in the shell and uh, they they bring it to you and set it down and and uh and uh tell you to to eat well and and leave you with it this is not at all what I was expecting, but uh, I suppose I will try anything once. They also, I'm sorry, they also brought you um, uh, a, a board with sh- a lot of shaved like uh, ham on it, along with your rice, <laughs> which I forgot to mention. Yeah, once you get past the color, it is very tasty. Mm, and uh, Gudbrand makes a kind of uh, burrito, like uh, ham wrapped up in rice and like shells some of the seafood and puts it in there too. And it's like, this is probably the best way to enjoy this. And it takes a giant bite. <laughs> some of it dribbles down into his beard. <laughs> this is a good idea. It seems content. We should do this everywhere we go. <laughs> Wrap food in other food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I probably stay and get a little bit drunk and definitely completely overfull. As a nighttime drink, they actually bring you a giant pitcher of like wine with with chopped fruit in it. Mm, so good. I uh, I sort of just playing around, swing my sword in the aisle in the restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Is a little dangerous, but I avoid hurting anyone too badly. And uh, on the way home, Gudbrand uh, has been trying to keep up with Kirill in drinking and is probably leaning most of his weight on him. <laughs> He's good. I have sword for support of myself. Yeah, Gudbrand leaning on Kirill, Kirill using his sword, just like <laughs> stabbing it into the ground as a cane. <laughs> yeah, so you guys. Head back to Bastian's family's home. Um, and uh, as you're getting into the square that it's located on, um, the clock strikes midnight. And um, uh, suddenly there are three large groups of um, cloaked men and women 
surrounding the two of you. Are they the same cloaks as uh, I may not, recognize? They're not the Seekers of Ekarila. Uh, uh, hello? Hola, he says. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, small woman um, steps forward and takes off her hood uh, and uh, says, uh, says, if you come with us quietly, we will, uh, we will put... Purge your sins from you, witch, and then we will set you free. Yeah, yeah you see that it is um, Jimena. <laughs> ah, well, you know this woman. Uh, uh, I thought I knew her. <laughs> your friend can go free. We will not hurt him for consorting with witches. Jimena, as um, I'm speaking in Castilian, and Jimena, as uh, as I told you, I. I'm not a witch. I do not practice witchcraft. Witchcraft. Uh, I simply tune into the magic around me. It's a wizard, not a witch. <laughs> you are not helping, Kiro. Uh, surrender, good friend. You are a good man, just plagued. Kiro, um, perhaps you had better go on home to Bastian. Uh, this is not a fight that you could win, especially not in our current state. Good friend, you are becoming friend, and I am offended. <laughs> there is no fight Kiro cannot win. <laughs> there, there are too many, and trust me, uh, the Castilian Inquisition is not somebody that you would want to go up against. Uh, I spend hero point uh, to recklessly take down one of the brute squads. Cool. We're going to enter an action sequence. Gutbrand and uh, and Kirill, what are your approaches? Gutbrand is desperately trying to convince them that he is not a magician or a magic practicer. He is simply uh, knowledgeable about such things. Uh, and so he is trying to convince them not to fight, to tell them that the... If if you if they stop attacking now, we have no further quarrel with them. If they let us move on, we we will not have problems. Uh, Kirill is going to punch them until they go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, good friend, you will roll wits and convince, and Kirill brawn and brawl. Now is the time to spend any hero points if you'd like to aid yourselves or others. Uh, Gutbrand is spending a hero point on scathing indictment. Nice. I'm trying to um, convince them. I'm appealing to their better judgment. I'm telling them that I am not a threat to their organization, to their religion. Uh, and, and they are they are foolishly trying to start a fight that perhaps they cannot win and for nothing. Uh, trying to convince them of this, which will effectively reduce the strength of one of the brute squads by half, rounding down. And I will spend hero point to give a good brand extra uh, dice by making sure no one gets too close to him so he can finish his sentences. Great, yeah. Um, one of the brute squads, some of them sort of stand back. They don't retreat necessarily, but they do sort of step back into the shadows, perhaps disappearing into the night. Let's roll. Kirill? Six raises. Good friend? 
Gudbrand has three raises with two remainders. Okay, Kirill, you are up first. Uh, who, who are we up against now? Yeah, so you're facing a brute squad of nine and a brute squad of five. Yeah, well, one thing at a time. I spend five raises to punch five-person brute squad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, they're gonna spend their all of their raises to negate. So uh, you, after just like barreling through a group of nine individuals, just like basically spinning with your fists in the air, uh, you just keep that like momentum going and you run into this brute squad of five uh, like cloaked individuals and you just start jabbing and like punching and like an uppercut uh, and one of the guys literally pushes uh, his friend in front of him <laughs> um, using him as like a dodge. So you hit him like twice before he's like out. And then um, and then the other guy sort of like dips behind you. Uh, so he, uh, so you miss him in the melee. Um, the brute squad of nine is going to go. And seeing that Kirill is kind of a big threat, they're going to go for him. <laughs> kind um, of. So they're going to do nine wounds to you, uh, unless you want to spend raises to not. Uh, I will not spend raises, but the riot breaker prevents several of those wounds. Okay. And um, Gudbrand, it's your turn. Um, Gudbrand sees uh, kind of this senseless fighting, and uh, as a <clears throat> selfless act... Uh, throws himself into the fray with his hands up, saying, I'm just a scholar! I'm just a scholar! Look, I worked at the Breffa! I know the Futark from there! I do not practice! I'm a scholar! I was just trying to impress a girl! <laughs> oh my god. I, I probably cannot prevent an, uh, an attack, but I, like, I, I am trying to get us closer to uh, an end of the battle, either uh, to have them decide that this is a fruitless uh, effort and that they're wasting their time or honestly to take a little bit of pity on somebody who talked himself up maybe a little too much and I'll even spend all three raises if that's what I need to do I will do it yeah if you spend uh, two raises uh, your shouting will raise the attention of uh, of your friends inside absolutely do you hear that is that good Bran? it could not be anyone else <laughs> I heard Futark. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, Gudbrand, you throw yourself into the fray, like trying to sort of uh, explain all the confusion away and, and make kind of a big ruckus, sort of in the hopes that they'll just sort of stop fighting, but also in the hopes that someone will hear <laughs> um, in order to, like, come to your aid. The, the brute squad doesn't seem to note your, your sort of like your presence is actually pretty great for them because then they don't have to beat you up later. <laughs> so they uh, they actually throw uh, a bunch of um, jabs and pokes your way. And that's um, nine wounds. Unless you'd like to spend raises in order to deflect any of those. I would not. My hands are up. I am basically giving up. I have no means of defense. Um. Yeah, so they're actually, since you were trying to get in the way, you, you kind of get sucker punched again, um, and you're going to take nine more wounds. And then Kirill, they're going to turn to you 
and you're gonna take nine more wounds. We've reached initiative count one, and uh, Gutbrand, your yelling and screaming has uh, attracted the attention of your friends. Uh, you guys can roll initiative. Tell me your approach. Uh, Matteo is going to um, come out very uh, self-righteous. He's going to f- uh, fiddle un- under his uh, doublet and pull out not the Patnia Agroterra amulet, but the Vatichine amulet, amulet that he also carries for, you know, when he needs to do this. Um, <laughs> Vodachi are notoriously devout Vatichine, and Matteo is no different. I am going to, in righteous indignation and sanctimoniousness, uh, shame them for attacking an innocent man in the street on a, in peacetime on a festival day uh, in the name of Theus. And uh, Bastian? Um, I, uh, I heard Goodbrand shouting out, uh, in fear. So I obviously grab my sword and I'm running out. And as soon as I see what's going on and I see that Goodbrand is significantly wounded and bloodied from, uh, the attacks from these hooded figures, I do not need an explanation. I do not need to know what's going on. I draw my sword and I try to kill. Okay. Um, Bastion, come warm up with us. <laughs> uh, so, Mateo, you will be rolling perform and or um, panache movements. Sure. And um, Bastion, finesse and weaponry. Five raises for Mateo. Uh, Twelve raises with the remainder Holy for Bastion. Fucking <laughs> shit. Jesus. <laughs> What, my brother is in trouble. <laughs> well, uh, Bastian, it's uh, your day. Forever. <laughs> uh, so I will... Uh, do You said there was a group of two, yes? Yes. And a group of nine? Yes. Okay. Uh, I will run up to the two that are behind uh, uh, Kiro, uh, sh- stabbing him in the back. Uh, and I will, s- I will bash one of them in the face uh, using a bash maneuver to deal one wound. Okay. And then uh, as I spin around to the front of Kirill, I will duck under his swinging fists to do a slash maneuver on the uh, group of nine, dealing four wounds to them. Okay. And then I will spin back around Kirill, uh, and, uh, and I will do a feint at the other man behind him, the final man in that brute squad. Uh, to make him trip over the fallen body of his friend and deal one more wound to him. Okay. And then I will get back in front of Kirill and uh, do another slash maneuver to deal four wounds to the remaining group, which I believe leaves only one of them, yes? Yes. And there's no other combatants, correct? There are three cloaked figures um, that are not fighting. If they are not fighting, then I will not attack them. With my final eight raises, I will lunge through the final man, <laughs> dealing a total of 12 wounds to that one man Sweet. as I pin him to the ground with my sword. James! And then I will stand up, remove my blade from the fallen, and say to the remaining three, you leave this square now with your lives. So Bastian's um, familial home is actually uh, on the second floor. Um, so, uh, he hears Gutbrand shouting, checks in with Matteo that it's definitely Gutbrand, uh, 
opens the grabs his sword, opens the door, jumps off the balcony, lands on some people in a flurry of steel and blood, dispatches fourteen people. <laughs> I think it was only I think it was only eleven. Eleven, <laughs> eleven people in seconds turns to the three shrouded figures a little ways away from his friends and tells them to get out, which they do. Immediately afterward, on the ground floor, having come down the stairs, <laughs> Matteo opens the door and, and holding his uh, um, crucifix XP aloft says, Shame on you! Oh, my God! <laughs> Goodbrand, are you okay? Uh, I am, I, uh, the, probably, uh, I give him my shoulder and try to take him inside. I'm already drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I pick up sword. <laughs> it did not even occur to Carol. <laughs> Mateo stands up frozen in shock, not sure who to shame. <laughs> uh, did I recognize these hoods as, as Inquisition? It's hard to miss once you see the collars. I, uh, as soon as I get up to uh, uh, Mateo, I put my hand on his shoulder uh, and I say, it was the Inquisition. Yes, we have made a powerful enemy, Bastian. I believe we are better off sleeping in the Jenny's Hall for the night. I do not want this type of violence nearby my family. Uh, you shouldn't have done it nearby your family. They did not give me much of a choice, Matteo. Look at Goodbrand. I gestured to his mini wounds. Are we walking somewhere? I don't want to walk anywhere. I want to go to sleep here. I slap Goodbrand. They ah. <laughs> will carry. Blood will follow from this blood, Bastian. So be it. I did not cast the first blow. And no one harms my family. We go to the Jennies. As my brother... Shut up, good brother. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yep. So you set up at the Jenny's Hall uh, and have a good, if semi-restless sleep. I think I do not actually get much sleep now. Nor I. Good brand's out. <laughs> of course. Good friend is not here. <laughs> yeah, I mostly stay up and look out the window. I make sure I get a room that sees the front of the building so I can wash the streets. At the, like, crack of dawn, there is a knock on your door. I have my sword at my, at my heap, uh, not drawn, and I open the door a crack. Um, it's your mother. I open it all the way. Me <laughs> hijo. Yes, Mama. Is uh, is he here? Good friend. Yes, I gesture to the other bed in my room. <laughs> uh, so she has a a basket, and uh, she hands it to you, and uh, it's got a whole bunch of like pies, and you know that your mother bakes when she's nervous, right? Uh, so it's just like a bunch of like hand pies, um, though the meat ones and the fruit ones have been mixed together. Um, <laughs> And uh, also, she carries, has a little kit um, that she brings in and starts to, like, bandage Gutbrand. And uh, she says, uh, do not worry. Uh, your father took care of the mess outside. Gracias, mama. Obviously, uh, 
uh, you let me know if anyone comes asking. They will not come asking us. Your father, he is a, he is well known. There are many people, they disappear. They do not disappear us. We are Corazon. And uh, I nod to her and then... Um, uh, now go show the, share those with your friends. I see you did not get much sleep either. Uh, and I go over to Mateo's room first. Uh, I am already on my way over to your room. Ah, Bastian, I tried to edge past you. I step anyway. What? I understand why you are upset. But blood follows the Inquisition wherever they go. You cannot reason with those people. And any deal you make comes back around in the end. They could have been repulsed. I... Maybe you let me work sometime before you draw your steel and let blood in the alleyways and the gutters. I will try in the future. But when I see my brother in that state, there is no telling what I am capable of. So I saw, or perhaps I'm glad that I missed. I was going to see him now, actually. My mother is tending to his wounds, and I step out of the way, and I offer him a hot pie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I go towards Kiro. Good morning, Bastion. You are far too happy. Uh, are you ready for a day of fighting? <laughs> <laughs> I will try my best. <clears throat> As though the night has not been enough. Ugh, I love violence so much. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a meat pie. <laughs> I wish everything could be solved this way. <laughs> and then I, I, I go sit down somewhere, let, uh, uh, wait for the rest of my crew while downstairs. Uh, Share some of the pies with the Jennies. <laughs> they love them. <laughs> I, I go to visit Goodbrand in his room. Uh, how are you feeling, Goodbrand? Uh, oh, Mateo. Um, I, you can imagine I'm not feeling my best, but certainly much better than I was last night. And Signora Corazon? Hola. <laughs> Is Bastian all right? He's uh, not at ease. Uh, and for good reason... But I came, I came to apologize. This is my fault. I was too eager. I was impatient. I, I wanted you to consult our fates and, and see what happened. And this is my doing. And I'm sorry I let that happen to you. Matayo, you cannot blame yourself for my use of magic. I, we were present... Ah, quieter about that. <laughs> you are just a scholar. <laughs> With my study of... Uh, certain occult practices uh, but this is not your fault i um i am the person who brought this upon us it was my own eagerness it, you, you cannot blame yourself for this and yet i still do and i am sorry and i will try to make it up to you Matteo, trust me you are made for great things i know this for a fact Matteo, like Makes eye contact with, like, Gudbrand and, like, asks him the question <laughs> with his eyes. Trust me, by the end of our travels together, you will have changed the world. Mateo stands in stunned silence, and then uh, I, I grab the sides of Gudbrand's face, and I, I, I kiss him on both cheeks, and I'm like, Thank you, Gudbrand! <laughs> Thank what? you, you are too good for this world! <laughs> careful, careful, my neck! Ah, oh, sorry, sorry! It's okay, it's okay. Senora Corazon slaps your hands away. <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Eat your pie. Yes, thank you, it's delicious. <laughs> 
Senora Corazon uh, walks, uh, finishes banding, bandaging up Gudbrand and, and says, I know you will not stay in, in rest, but please do not fight anymore tonight. No, I have no intention of fighting. I didn't even want to fight the first time. Um, but uh, Senora Corazon, I, uh, I sincerely apologize for putting your son in danger, especially with the Inquisition, you and your family. I, I, I cannot apologize enough. It is what happens. The winds bring both good and ill. And uh, you should be so lucky as to have my son with you when you are a witch <laughs> in Castile. You are a brave man for coming. And you, she turns to uh, Matteo. Mouth full of pie. <laughs> Perhaps my son will save your life one day. And then you will not be so angry at the loss of life when the life that is saved is yours. <laughs> she takes a, a an orange, a little white orange flower from your from orange blossom from her basket or from her like little pack and just like puts it behind your ear and walks away, like walks out. Buenos dias, mis amigos, and uh, walks away. Buenos dias, senora, y muchos gracias. Yeah, as, as as soon as she's gone, I like reach my hand out to you and, and like pull you up and like let us go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mateo. Uh, our Bastian and Kirill, okay, that was uh, that was quite a group of inquisitors. They are highly trained. I think there is no one okayer than Kirill <laughs> and uh, Bastian. He is still proud of what he's done. I was uh, a little bit out of it, but uh, he, I've never seen him work his sword uh, so f- so quickly. Well, I was running down the stairs as it was happening, but it is a testament to him that he did it all while I was running down the stairs. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, So you guys head out. The theme for today is uh, challenges. The the ones with the tokens at the end of the day have uh, get to compete in the next. Yes, I'm explaining it to Kirill. The champion from last year hands out 19 tokens. And throughout the day, people challenge each other to first blood. And if you win the, t- if you win the duel, you get a- the token. But when you have the token, you have to accept any challenge to defend it. Oh, this is such a fun custom. <laughs> uh, where do we find this uh, champion from last year? Perhaps we will receive tokens early. People come to us. It's already been done, I am afraid. Oh. Usually close friends of the of the champion, very often the top eight from the from the last tournament get some of the tokens. We simply have to go around. We will find who has the tokens. I will admit, I much more prefer wielding my blade in lighthearted situations like this. And I like take a breath, standing at the door of the Jenny's Hall. It is time. <laughs> this year. And I open the door and walk out into the street. And I will begin to walk the streets of Castile. With my hand placed on my sword, looking for someone foolishly brandishing their token. (laughs) And Kirill, are you also? Oh, yes, I follow uh, not far behind Bastion. He seems to know best place to find token. I go to Town Square. (laughs) Sure. Gutbrand and Matteo, what are are you up to today? Um, Gutbrand is going to go to the... uh, to the busiest square, where perhaps they're already uh, 
exists a, a kind of stage, uh, and he is going to um, sit near the stage and and wait for the time of day when it is busiest. Okay, so that'll be a little later in the day. Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm. I yes, I will be. He's wounded. I will. <laughs> I will stand with him. Uh, th- thank you, Matteo. I appreciate that. Okay. You are you duelist? Do you have token? Uh, you are you duelist? Do you have token? <laughs> uh, you duelist. <sighs> <laughs> Surprisingly, you're not the only person running around doing that. <laughs> There's a couple of people who are like, "I challenge you! I challenge you! I challenge you!" <laughs> uh, the first timers—they're always so cute. <laughs> I simply walk into the square and draw my sword and just put the point down and stand there and look around. Right. Eventually, uh, you come across a person you've never met before, uh, and they uh, they look unscathed, um, except for like a few cuts on their on their like cape. When they try to walk by me, mm-hmm. I will gently raise my blade to stop them, just flat of the blade in front of their path. Uh, he looks at you. I raise my eyebrows and I go. I believe you have something of mine. I suppose you'll have to take it then. And I uh, step back and I give him a salute. He flourishes as well. And then uh, we do. <laughs> yeah, so roll. Um, uh, go ahead and roll. Uh, I have six raises. Uh, so you strike first. I spend a hero point to flawless execution, slash, dealing four wounds. And then I will spend all of my raises to slash again, dealing four plus my remaining raises, which is five. Okay. So uh, a total of four for the first slash and then nine for the second slash. So he reposts, but your blade uh, is true and, uh, and uh, deals a, a nice clean slash right uh, across the collarbone. Yeah. Uh, just uh, two quick flourishes of my blade and then I reach out my hand. And he drops a token into it. Gracias, senor. Better luck in your next duel. Yeah, he, uh, he, he, he. You that are on the ground, I challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, you, he he bows to you, um, as per like custom, and then sort of like slinks off, uh, kind of annoyed, but understanding. Kirill, you have yet to find anybody yet. <sighs> uh, good friend. Um. So. Uh. As the uh, square begins to fill up and I'm uh, seeing more and more, uh, you know, c- cocky young duelists uh, brandishing their swords and very obviously like challenging people, um, I walk my way to the stage uh, and um, without divulging the detail that uh, it involved the Inquisition, I give a very accurate Recounting of the events, the events of the evening before, uh, in, focusing in particular on uh, Bastion. So I, I make it seem as though we were simply attacked by a very large gang of people, uh, dishonorable people who would who would fight us on uh, on an evening of peace. And I, so I, I tell basically exactly what happened. That Bastion leapt from a balcony and defeated, uh, I'll say, fifteen to 16 people just to embellish the story a little bit and soundly defeated all of them and uh, drove the remaining three away. And I want to give him a reputation as merciless. So I uh, tell the entire story and uh, 
as I have most of everybody's attention, I'm a very tall person standing on a stage. I look in your direction and I say, shh, 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 look, look, there he walks, Bastian Corazon. Fear him, fear him, I say, and do not challenge him. Do not you dare. I have to tip my head down for a second to mask my face with my hat as I stifle a grin. And then I, I raise up my head looking stoic. <laughs> and, I, and I strut through the town square. Note his mysterious ways. <laughs> Mateo, as you uh, sit in the stands uh, near where Gutbrand is, making sure that he's okay and his wounds aren't affecting him too much or that he doesn't get too tired... A man uh, in a white cloak um, sidles up next to you and says, um, I have not seen such eyes as those since I have looked into the eyes of my father. Excuse me, uh, <laughs> sir. Um, th- thank you for the kind words, but uh, do I know you? Uh, as you look over to the man, you look at his face, which is under his hood. Um, he's got, uh, like a, a darker suntanned, uh, complexion with, uh, a, a, a dark, like curly, but well-kept hair and, uh, bright green eyes. And it's like you're looking into your own eyes. And he says, what does your heart tell you? And that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.